millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was camping by myself at Pansy Lake, just south of the Clackamas-Marion County line in and had an encounter. My tent was pitched on an old access road that had grown over but would be an easy route for wildlife. Also, nearby is an abandoned copper mine cave. I noticed that creature sounds were not normal as I went to sleep. I woke up about 1 a.m. and could sense that something was nearby. I made no noise and listened intently. After a few minutes, I heard a significant branch break. I knew a sizable creature made that noise. I'm blind without my glasses, but found my mag light and panned it back and forth in the direction of the noise. After ten or twenty seconds of this, I heard chest beating like a mountain grouse, but knew better. I kept up the panning because I did not want to show weakness. Then I got deep lung, ape-like sounds, which I cannot describe or attribute to any animal I know of. It was obviously not happy with the light. I kept up the panning, and finally the thing took off down a small canyon on the downhill side of the road and up the other side, making lots of noise going through the brush. 
When it got to the other side, I panned over there too and got the eight black sounds again. I stayed up the rest of the night and nothing else happened. I had gone on many hikes and was never scared like this. That was my last hike. The sad note is vehicles were being habitually vandalized at the trailhead at about this time. Could be humans or possibly the creature. Also, the creature was going in the direction of the abandoned copper cave. In northern Idaho, deep in the Rocky Mountains, there is a cabin that runs a cattle ranch. Chris's brother knows the owner and invited Chris to spend a weekend up there for some hunting and hiking. The brothers gathered their supplies and a few of their best pals and took off to the mountains. As they were driving up the winding Idaho roads, his brother issued a cryptic warning. Sometimes the cattle escape into the woods and need to be tracked down. The owner of the ranch has seen strange creatures in the forest. I'm not messing around. Everyone laughed and didn't take the warning seriously. Within the hour, they arrived at the cabin. On the second day in the mountains, Chris decided to go on an afternoon hunt with one of his friends. They drove down a back road into the forest until the road ended a few miles from the cabin. They got out and walked to the nearby creek, then split off with one person going upstream and one person going downstream. After walking for a ways, Chris came to a salty deposit where he noticed a foul odor and a broken pine tree that was green and healthy. The trunk was snapped in the direction of the water. There were four-finger indentations in the tree bark like it had been squeezed and pulled down by a massive hand. Sap bubbled from the compressed bark. On the ground he discovered numerous huge footprints with five toes stamped into the silt. He followed them and counted seventy three beautiful tracks that lead to another snapped green pine tree. This tree also had big finger marks on it and was facing in the direction of the water. Tracks danced all around this tree. The smell was now overwhelming. Chris became so spooked that he immediately ran back to the truck. His friend had shot a deer and they quickly drove back to the cabin with it. At the cabin, Chris explained the situation to everyone. That night, Half a dozen men from the cabin armed themselves, each with a rifle and a pistol, and returned by truck to the end of the dirt road. They parked the truck, facing the creek, and then walked on foot to the edge of the water. It was a moonless, starry night, but the horrible smell still lingered. The band of hunters waited, and at one point howled into the night, calling for the creature. Chris thought he could hear something moving in the forest, but the creek was too loud to be sure. He decided to walk alone upstream and into the woods to get a clearer sound. He could hear that there was definitely something big making its way through the pines. He ran back to the hunters and warned them that something was approaching. Moments later, from both up and downstream, they began to hear branches snapping and footsteps thudding. The sounds came from both directions, closing in on the group. The footsteps grew louder and louder until the booming crunch of a log under the surface of the mud spooked them so much that they all ran back to the truck. In less than two minutes, they made it back to the vehicle. The moment they fired up the truck and turned on the headlights, they could see two massive bipedal hairy creatures moving up the creek in the location they had just retreated from. The creatures' eyes shined from the truck's headlights. All of the men had clear shots, but all took flight back to the cabin in terror. The stench greeted them upon their return. 
The stench greeted them upon their return. They feared that with the slain deer outside, the creatures would be drawn to the property. They all slept curled up with their guns that night, but no more signs of the creatures would be found. I told you, little brother, I was not messing around. He figures he ran into a family of them. There was a wild look in his eyes as he turned to me and said, I know they exist. I swear what I'm about to tell you is the truth. My name is Alex, and for years I've worked as a park ranger, but nothing could have prepared me for the horrors I encountered at Sentinel Peak. Nestled in a remote mountain range, Sentinel Peak stood tall and proud, its beauty masked by an underlying darkness. It was my responsibility to oversee this treacherous area of the park, and I took my duties seriously. However, as the days turned into weeks, a sense of unease settled upon the land. Visitors started reporting strange encounters and unexplained phenomena. Whispers of eerie voices carried on the wind, and ghostly apparitions seemed to dance among the trees. Determined to uncover the truth, I delved into the legends surrounding the peak. Stories of ancient spirits seeking revenge for the desecration of their sacred land. Late at night, I would venture out, armed with nothing but a flashlight and a heavy heart. As I roamed the trails and campsites, the air grew thick with an otherworldly presence. Ghostly figures would materialize before my eyes, their ethereal forms flickering in and out of sight. Disembodied voices whispered my name as if urging me to leave this place, to abandon my quest for answers. But I couldn't turn away. I had to face the darkness head on, no matter the cost. With each passing night, the paranormal activity intensified, as if the vengeful spirits grew stronger with my presence. I could feel their anger, their longing for justice. Through meticulous research, I uncovered the grim history of Sentinel Peak. It had once been a sacred site, revered by an ancient tribe that had lived harmoniously with nature. But when settlers arrived, greed and ignorance led them to exploit the land, destroying what was held sacred. Now the spirits of the past sought retribution, their wrath unleashed upon anyone who dared trespass upon their domain. I knew I had to find a way to appease them, to restore balance and harmony to the peak. Guided by instinct and desperation, I delved deeper into the dark secrets that the mountain held. I discovered an ancient ritual, a forgotten ceremony that had the power to mend the broken bond between the living and the dead. Armed with this knowledge, I climbed to the summit of Sentinel Peak, the weight of the spirit's gaze heavy upon me. As the moon hung high in the night sky, I performed the sacred ritual invoking the ancient spirits and pleading for their forgiveness. In that moment, the air grew still, the whispers silenced. A sense of calm washed over me as the spirits accepted my plea. The vengeful energy dissipated, replaced by a serene stillness that hadn't been felt in centuries. With a heavy heart and a newfound respect for the land, I descended from the peak. The haunting had ceased, and Sentinel Peak returned to its picturesque facade, its treacherous secrets buried once more. I returned to my duties as a park ranger, forever changed by my encounter with the vengeful spirits. The legends of Sentinel Peak would live on, a reminder of the consequences of disrespecting nature's sacred places. And I would forever carry the knowledge that our actions have consequences even in the realms 
unseen. Lived out on 80 acres of land in southern Colorado for a good part of my teenagehood. Parents owned the land, however, didn't do much with it, as it was pretty much a desert. Flat dirt as far as you can see with the occasional big bush standing only about four or five feet off the ground at the highest. Totally barren. At one end of the land was a giant cliff, about 80 feet tall, that led down to a creek. That was the only interesting part about the land, so I would often go down there with my little brother and throw rocks, play in the water, shit like that. <sighs> well, one day him and I are fooling around by the creek when we noticed it started getting dark. We kind of freaked out because the only way back to my parents' house was either up the cliff, a very steep and pretty dangerous climb for the daytime, let alone the night, or to walk all the way around the property line to the road and follow it up. About an hour and a half walk with a ten-year-old. We choose option B as the sun is setting and make our way around toward the road. By the time we get to our property gate at the beginning of my parents' driveway, mm, a mile-long dirt road. It is already pitch black out. All we had was a little light the moon gave us. I'm not really afraid of the dark, and I have never been one to believe in all those ghost stories or anything like that. And my brother was too invested in the Milky Way and telling me facts about different stars that I really wasn't thinking anything was going to happen. Well, we get to the top of the road where we can see our parents' house, and out of nowhere the loudest ear-piercing scream comes from somewhere right behind us. It was so loud and shrill that me and my brother dropped to the ground and covered our ears. I spun around but didn't see anything, and the air felt different, almost as if something was watching us. I frantically stood up and did a 360 turn, but all I saw was dirt and small shrubs. I grabbed my brother by the hood of his jacket and pulled him forward as I began bolting to our shed, all while feeling like something was behind us that entire time. My brother was crying and hid in the far corner of the shed as I tried to logically convince myself that it was a coyote, or maybe one of the neighbor's cows. After about 30 seconds, I decided to open the shed door and peek out. And right on the horizon of where me and him were just standing on top of the driveway was this tall creature. I couldn't see much of anything except for a silhouette because of how dark it was, but it had to have been standing at least eight feet tall and had a very long arms that seemed to touch the ground, despite it appearing to be in an upward position. I couldn't register much else because it turned and bolted down back toward the beginning of the road. I slammed the shed door shut again, and me and my brother ended up hiding out in there all night. Told my parents, and they wrote it off as our imagination and a trick of the dark, and nothing like that has ever happened before. That or up until the time when I moved away. I have no idea what it was. Maybe I was just seeing something. Maybe me and my brother were just tired and misheard an animal noise. But what I do know is that it scared the ever-living shit out of me, and I was always home way before dark since then. Say, so, guys, this is a long story, kind of. I've lived at my current house in North Carolina for about three years. When I first moved in, I had all kinds of weird encounters at night. I would be outside burning off tree limbs and things like that. I always felt like something was watching me. After the first few nights, I heard what sounded like someone calling for help, very muffled from the woods that surround my house. 
I shrugged it off. After a few times of that, I was walking the tree line and looking for more wood to throw on the fire. Keep in mind, this was about 1 to 2 a.m., and I had a 30-30 shell thrown at me. I don't own a 30-30, so I thought it was very weird. Anyway, this goes on for a few months until my ex came in and we brought our kids in the house to live. My ex had chickens and a pig that got out of their enclosure and were killed. She threw the carcasses into the woods. I know I don't know why she did that either. But after that, all the spooky stuff stopped. No more eerie feelings, no noises. Nothing. Now fast forward to last month. I've since gotten a new girlfriend, and she takes our dogs out in the early a.m. hours before she leaves for work. I leave the house at 4.15 a.m., so it's probably about 5.30 a.m. or so when she's out with them. Twice in the last two months, she's seen what she described as something large and pale in the woodline. The first time was last month. It saw her and hurried off. This morning, as she was walking the dogs, our large dog was barking like crazy, and she saw this white creature again. She said it moved like it was scuttling, larger than a deer and on all fours, but almost like what a human looks like running on all fours. As soon as the dogs got a good look at it, they began trying to run back. In Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ...into the house. She and the dogs flew back inside and she got ready to leave for work. She didn't see anything else so far, but I'm just wondering what's up. What could we do? What does it sound like? All the other encounters I've had, I never saw physical form, only noises and eerie feelings. According to her, this thing has moved closer to the house up the wood line. I'm just kind of lost. I doubt shooting at it would help. Any advice or theories would be welcome. I lived in the uh, Catarawa Hills for a time. One night, I was outside with my then-partner in the yard, which backed onto some hills. I was using a flashlight to point out star constellations in the sky when I heard a rustling noise. When I heard it, I shone my flashlight where I heard the noise coming from, and to our amazement, we saw a figure about seven to eight feet tall with light creamy gray shaggy fur. It was upright on two legs and had its front paws arms held upright, a bit like a kangaroo would. It had a face like a wolf, but I thought its snout was a bit longer. Its ears were like a wolf's, too, and it had a longish tail. 
which was also covered in shaggy fur that curved up. The creature was sighed onto us so we couldn't see its eyes, teeth, or even see if the creature had seen us. It was walking quite slowly and disappeared into some trees. At that point, my partner went after it. He never found it, though. The sighting was approximately 30 feet away from me. I never saw it again, but to be honest, I didn't look too hard either. I was a bit freaked out. I work in the Air Force as an aircraft mechanic, and like most jobs, there are boring second duties that we have to do now and then. For us, one of these is tool stores. We have a permanent civilian guy who runs tool stores in the day, but someone has to be in there to run it during night shift. The tool store's building is in the middle of the airfield and pretty far away from the other hangars, enough distance to feel pretty isolated. As a new guy, I was told that the tool store's building on our squadron was haunted. I thought it was the usual crap that people would tell the new guy, so I dismissed it. I had done a fair few tool stores duty while I was new. You don't really have much use until you're trained up, so they stick you in tool stores and never had any issues. Eight months into my posting at this particular squadron, I find myself in tool stores again. We were night flying on this night in question, so nobody needed tools, which meant it definitely wasn't busy and I hadn't seen anyone in over an hour. It was getting on to about midnight and usually we're trying to lock up by 1.30. However, when we're night flying, the aircraft don't land until midnight, and therefore we have to stay open longer in case they return broken. Suddenly, I heard metal creaking. It's an old building, with a ground floor and a first floor. The first floor is basically just metal staging, and you can see down to the ground from the first floor over a balcony-like structure. Although there are two floors, you can see pretty well upstairs from the ground, and vice versa. Metal creaking wasn't unusual. The temperature was dropping, so it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, but not seeing or talking to anyone for a while just seemed to make it a lot more noticeable. Half an hour passed, and I heard what sounded like metal dropping onto metal. There are lots of metal shelves, however. The floor was rubber-studded. Anything that dropped off the shelf wouldn't have made much noise, unless it was sizable, and then it would be a dull thud. This was a distinct metal-on-metal metal sound. It creeped me out because I was in the office watching TV, and it was clearly audible above that. So it wasn't quiet. I reluctantly take a slow walk around and make sure nothing has fallen. Tool control is quite important, and if there's a tool missing at the end of the night, everything grinds to a halt, and we have to search high and low until it's found. Nobody would be going home if we lost something. I decided it would be better to find something on the floor now than to wait until later and realize something wasn't where it should be. I strolled slowly, checking every tool, making sure everything that wasn't there was tagged out correctly or had paperwork stating where it was. I saw nothing out of place. I had to look upstairs, although I knew the noise hadn't come from up there. Again, nothing. At this point, I find myself slightly on edge. The thought had played on my mind that it may have been some of the other guys winding me up. Usually, we told the tool store's ghost story to new people. And then when they found themselves on duty in tool stores, we used to mess around and silently come in through a little hatch in the back of the building. New guys didn't know it was there, so you could get in undetected and let the fun begin. 
I'd been on the squadron for a while, and by this point, I was the one playing these jokes by now. It didn't make much sense for anyone to be playing them on me. I took a seat back in the office and continued watching crappy midnight TV, just praying the jets would all come down serviceable so I could get out of there. No more than five minutes later, I hear footsteps. Finally, someone actually needs something I thought. I went out to see what they wanted. No one was there. I checked outside the front door in case they were bringing something back and needed help unloading it from the van, but there was nothing there. I was losing my shit by this point. I turned around to head back inside and I saw wet footprints on the floor. It was wet outside, but my boots were dry since I hadn't been out all night until just now. Nobody was in tool stores when I walked to the door, and nobody could have gotten past me to get inside while I was outside. I have never before believed in things being haunted or any kind of paranormal activity, but if something was trying to convince me that I should be, they did a sure good job. This happened in Ankara, Turkey. There is a national park merged with a town here, which has nice picnic and camping spots. And there is one specific picnic spot I love and go to. It's on top of a hill. Great observation point. Has pre-built stoves and shit. Great place. So one day I read that Jupiter could also be Mars, can't remember. Could be seen to the naked eye at night, so I decide to load up my friends and truck. Get my telescope and picnic stuff and go there. The area is not far away, next to a three-lane road, which sees a car maybe once three hours and always has two security guards on watch. So we do our little picnic and watch Jupiter, cool and all. It's 3 a.m. Let's walk around a bit. The giant fossil tree is walking distance, three kilometers from here. So we go there, four guys. See the fossil tree and other fossil stuff on display. It's 4 a.m. now, better go back and pack up. As we are walking back, I see a figure on the opposite side of the road. Very big and burly. Remember that it's full moon and Kizilkahamam is a place with lots of bears, enough that we have myths of them raiding the small mosques and picnic areas. He looks at us, stands up and starts making noises. A 2.5 mountain tall thing yelling at you. We are frozen. Then we see your cubs. A few meters away from us, two furballs are standing looking at us, approaching closer as they want to sniff us. We stand in complete shock, thinking what we gonna do if Mama Bear gets angry enough to murder us. The bear cubs are literally hugging our legs now, and Mama Bear is angry as ever. After an eternal five minutes, the cubs decide that we aren't tasty or funny and go back to their mama. Mama Bear still angry keeps yelling at us for more, but we got out of the shock a few minutes ago. The cubs left, so we stand closer and don't turn away. Eventually, she gets tired of it and keeps on walking on the opposite side of the road. The story of it got so corrupted that we have people in the town believing that we fought off a bear, or another one where we fed her cubs milk and pet them while the mama bear watched, etc. We all got free access to Hunter's Local, even though none of us are hunters. I think a dogman was stalking me once a long time ago when I was hunting wild hogs in the swamps of eastern North Carolina. I was about 20 to 20, one and loved exploring the swamps where I lived and got into hunting wild hogs because it was a pretty big adrenaline rush. 
They are pretty aggressive here. I went into the swamp, about ten miles from my house, where there was trails on dry land through a marshy yard, and it was heavily wooded. I heard something close by and stopped to look and listen and could hear something breathing really deeply and almost growling. Then it stopped. This happened a few more times, so I changed direction to try and get behind it and pin it between myself and the water, but it changed direction with me. After about an hour of creeping around, I realized it was between me and the way out of the swamp. At this point, I'm starting to get a little scared because I don't think it a hog at this point anymore. I made the decision to get baked by wading through the swamp in water up to my chest. I think it tried to follow me, but wouldn't go in the water. I eventually made it back to where I could get to my truck a few days later. I told my buddy's cousin about it and all the bones and weird stuff I saw, and he completely changed when I told him where I was and said to stay away from there. I asked him why, and he wouldn't say more. Fast forward a few years, and I'm at his house, and all of his family was there. And his uncle came and talked to me and said I heard where you were out in the swamp hunting hogs at. You're lucky you made it back. I asked why, and he said that's where the big dogs live. I asked what he meant, and he wouldn't say anymore. I am hunted a few more years, but not in that same spot, and eventually started working a different job and got into other hobbies and also started playing in a working band, so I had not time for it. I completely forgot about that day until a few years ago, when I saw a story about Dogman on YouTube, and I immediately remembered that day. I've since heard a lot of diff stories similar to mine, and also heard of Dogman encounters around and down the coast from where I live. I stay out of the swamp now, and don't go in any farther than I have to if I have to. I was out hiking with my family, and I had run a little ways ahead of them. I turned a corner of the trail into a big clearing, and about ten feet away was a flying rod just hovering there. I immediately freak out, because I was convinced they weren't real before that, so I start staring and trying to take in as much detail as I can. Then I remembered I had a camera on me, so I went to grab it, and immediately the rod zoomed away so fast it looked like it just vanished. Looked around the clearing for a bit, trying to find any signs of it, but didn't see anything. Really neat thing to see. It's the main reason I tend to accept the possibility of even the most ridiculous cryptids. One time I was out camping with my mom out on private property, a plant nursery, for two nights, the first night I could barely sleep, and at some point I heard the faintest girl right next to my ear from outside. Later again, I heard it again. The weird thing was, there was no movement or anything outside, nor did my dog react one bit. I thought it was maybe a cat, but that was have been extremely unlikely. That morning I mentioned it to my mom, and she heard the exact same thing as well, but more than twice. She was too unbothered with it, since if it was a creature the dog would have noticed. Till this day I have no idea what it could have been. Recently, I have felt something following me around everywhere. I always feel like someone is watching me, and I feel a hand on my shoulder or head when nothing is there. So I keep seeing this thing when I'm outside. It doesn't talk usually, but I keep seeing it wherever I go. It's always behind a tree or hiding. When I was younger, I used to go outside to swing next to the huge tree, and I kept seeing a shadow figure stick its head out. But whenever I actually looked at it, it disappeared. It doesn't hurt. Or scare me. It's sort of like a father. It comforts me and 
Yes, it may be just an imaginary friend, but it feels real. I keep feeling it touch me on my shoulder, and I feel it next to me, always beside or behind me. When I sleep and face the wall, I feel it behind me. There are times when I see it, or hear it in the closet, or in the hallway at night, but it doesn't harm me. It doesn't harm me, and it says it brings no threats. It's comforting to me, and I talk to it sometimes, and during school I write about it and I draw it. It might be crazy, but it looks so real, and it feels real. It's super tall. No face, no accessories, nothing on it. A shadow figure, really skinny. I can almost see its bones. It has a low, sort of raspy voice. It's nice and kind. It has never made me feel threatened or scared. I feel happy, relaxed, and welcomed by it. I never can touch it, though, but it can touch me. If I try to touch it, it fades away. It's not around me all the time, but he comes to me when I feel stressed or scared. No one else seems to see him, but I know I see it. Also, I don't just see him behind trees. Sometimes when I swing, I see him next to the road once. I saw him next to the road somewhere else, but it was signaling me to follow it. I'm not sure if he's a ghost, a bad spirit, a good spirit, an imaginary friend, a shadow person, or anything else. Anyone who knows more about ghosts or might have an idea of what he or it is, please tell. I don't want to get rid of it, but if you think I should please tell me,